Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It's the Pensacola Expert Panel Pep Talk. I'm your host, Jake, here this morning with Marie Mott, the health officer at uh, the Escambia Health Department, Escambia County Health Department. Also, Sky Beach, the, I'm going to get this right, the public health nutritionist supervisor, or just a registered dietitian for short. Uh, they're with me today to talk about holiday food safety. Welcome, guys. Thank you for coming in. Thanks. Yeah. Hi, Jake from News Radio. Y- yes, thank you so much for that. I've I've heard never the, heard that one before, right? Exactly. And I'm wearing a red uh, polo, and I do have a pair of khakis. So my Halloween costume is already set, so I don't have to worry about that at all. <laughs> so, but yeah, but getting through the holidays, there's a lot of a uh, lot of safety issues to worry about, especially when uh, when dealing with cooking your food, preparing your food. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let Sky take over. She's our resident expert, and oh, yeah. uh, let her kind of. So enjoying her. food with family and friends is one of the highlights of the holiday season. Whether you're an experienced cook or preparing to host your first holiday gathering or just preparing your first dish, a little food safety advice can go a long way in promoting a healthy and happy holiday dinner. So we just have a few food safety tips that I want to share with you to eat, drink, and be merry with these simple tips. So the number one thing you want to do when cooking is practice kitchen safety. So you can ensure that your kitchen is equipped with the tools you need for safe food handling before the event. This includes having two cutting boards, one for raw meat and seafood, and the other for produce and ready-to-eat foods. Most of us don't know you're supposed to have more than one cutting board. I want to ask you, I'm sorry, I'm going to derail you as many times as I can during the show because that's what I do because I'm new. Um, uh, The wood cutting boards versus the the plastic, whatever they're made out of, what is better? Should we we not use the wood ones anymore? Because I've heard... Oh, you say a wooden cutting board versus a plastic cutting yes, board? Yes, yes. Um, so as long as the cutting boards don't have any big um, nicks in them, so like a wood cutting board, if you have a lot of, like uh, I guess you would call cracks. it. Cracks. Cracks, mm-hmm. yeah, nicks in there. Those can be spots that harbor bacteria, so you wouldn't want to use that. Okay. Um, but having one that doesn't have any cuts or scratches wow. is good. So and I've got to go out today and buy another cutting board. Right, well, awesome. I mean, yeah, and because Sky had pointed out, you know, two is always a the best idea Mm -hmm. Um, if you have a wooden cutting board that you love um, you know think about how you would just use that for certain types of foods because one of the things about wood cutting boards is not all of them are really good to put into the dishwasher so they're hard to sanitize right so okay um, so you might save that for bread and you know (laughs) a plastic one for chicken yeah exactly and so having extra ones even more than two I have probably five cutting boards at home, one for beef, chicken, fish, uh, vegetables, and bread. (laughs) So all color-coded. Getting color-coded cutting boards is a great way uh, to remind yourself uh, and to not uh, cross-contaminate. Cool. Another key kitchen equipment to have is a food thermometer, one that a lot of us don't have. Um, That is very important to make sure foods reach a safe internal temperature. Uh, And even having things like shallow containers for storing leftovers, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. And finally, the one thing that you need to keep your surfaces clean is paper towels and soap. Okay, not a sponge. Okay, sponges can harbor bacteria. Once you wipe off one dirty surface and then you use it to wipe off another (laughs) surface, you're just transferring the bacteria. So using paper towels and soap is the best way to keep kitchen surfaces clean. Now, the other thing, what does mom always say you're supposed to do before you eat a meal? You're supposed to wash 
your hands. Oh, I was going to say pray, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, pray <laughs> yes. and wash your hands. Yeah. Um, washing your hands during and after food preparation with clean running water for at least 20 seconds. An easy way to remember that is to sing the happy birthday song twice. Okay, wash your hands, sing happy birthday twice, and you'll be good to go for 20 seconds. But washing your hands can eliminate a large percentage of food poisoning cases. And this includes washing your hands when you switch tasks, such as handling raw meat, like the turkey, and then cutting your vegetables. You always want to wash your hands uh, between doing both of those. Yeah, that's that's kind of the turkey thing to remember, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're working with multiple people in the kitchen. I, mm-hmm. I know the kids, I have the kids, my kids help me in the kitchen quite a bit, and that's what the biggest uh, pushback I get is, oh, I don't want to wash my hands again, you know, so. Right, um, those helping hands in the kitchen are great, but those are the ones that you got to keep clean. Yep. And those <laughs> are the little hands that get in and grab the food when you're not looking and, you know, mm-hmm. test the batter and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely got to. Now, the, uh, the hand sanitizers and stuff like that, is that just as good or do we still need to kind of wash our hands after Washing your hands is best practice, so if you don't have anything at all hand sanitizer is better than nothing but when you're cooking food it's best to use uh, water and soap because Mm. that hand sanitizer is just going to push the dirt that you have on your hands around okay all right learning good stuff here safety safety first yep and and hand sanitizer doesn't work for every pathogen it works for a lot of them but if you have access to soap and water that is the gold standard Mm -hmm. hands down no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) Escambiahealth.com. I just want to go ahead and pump the website there. 595-6500 if you have any questions. Um, and we're here today with Marie Mott and Sky Beach from the Escambia County Health Department. Um, back for more uh, food safety with Sky here. Yeah. So we talked just a little bit about getting the kitchen ready and keeping your hands clean. You have all your materials prepped. So let's talk turkey. Okay. Um, defrosting your turkey. Um, your turkey or any foods that you have, you never want to allow foods to thaw at room temperature on the counter or in warm water. No, you do not put raw frozen meat in the sink in warm water to thaw. Um, To prevent the spread of harmful bacteria, your frozen meats and poultry should be thawed in a refrigerator set at 40 degrees, at below 40 degrees. Now, if you're pressed for time, especially with a turkey, you can thaw a wrapped frozen turkey in a sink filled with cold tap water, cold tap water being the key, um, making sure you change the water every 30 minutes because that water is going to warm up in those 30 minutes and you want to ensure to change it with cold water. Now, depending on the size of the turkey, it may be defrosted in the microwave, but be sure to check your owner's manual and be prepared to cook it right after thawing. A frozen turkey can also be cooked in the oven to its safe internal temperature of 165, but it will take longer to cook than if it was thawed first. So it just depends on how much time you have on your hands. Okay. So what's today? Today is Tuesday the 14th. We have and 10 Thanksgiving days. is Thursday the mm-hmm. 23rd? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, 23rd this year. So if you have a turkey in your freezer, it might be pretty close to a good time to go ahead and pull it out and put it in the fridge because it's mm-hmm. going to take about a week to thaw, really depending mm-hmm. on the size of the turkey. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, yeah. So a, lo- a, a smaller turkey, you might be able to get away with three to four days in the uh, defrosting, but most most turkeys are going to take close to a week, uh, six to seven days to thaw out. So, so if you have a frozen one, Thursday mm. is the day to pull it out and st- put it in the fridge. Mm. And if you buy a frozen one, 
I wouldn't buy one past what, <laughs> yeah. what do you think, Sky? Yeah, Thursday, this, Friday, this Saturday. Is, yeah. Is Thursday, Friday. If you don't get fridge. your turkey by this weekend, don't buy a frozen one. Yeah. And when you if you buy it this weekend, just straight to the fridge. Don't even worry about keeping it in the freezer. Right. And what you said earlier about a meat thermometer, that really comes in handy because I know especially one year we got one of the the birds that had the little pop up mm-hmm. indicator on it and it got stuck from the juices and everything coming out of the bird and it just kind of melded and stuck there so we didn't see it ever pop up because it was stuck down so we overcooked overcooked the bird so I definitely have a meat thermometer yeah because you can't like it's happened to me before the meat thermometer mm-hmm. gets stuck or I had one it there wasn't even one in there uh, or at least we couldn't find it right. but yeah so having the meat an actual food thermometer can ensure that your turkey is cooked properly and what what degree did you say that was supposed to be for the turkey the turkey should be at 165 degrees 165. Fahrenheit, and you want to check the temperature at the thickest part of the breast, and also check the temperature at the innermost part of the thigh and the innermost part of the wing to make sure it's been fully okay. cooked. Mm-hmm. And with the stuffing, so some, some people put their holiday stuffing in the turkey, so whether you stuff the turkey or you cook it separately, um, when you put it in put the stuffing in the turkey, you need to make sure that the stuffing also reaches 165 degrees Fahrenheit. It doesn't, when you cook the stuffing in the turkey, it's not going to cook as evenly. So if you want an, uh, a better cooked stuffing, it's better to do it separately from the turkey, but it's okay to do it inside the turkey just as long as you make sure both reach 165 degrees. Yeah, that, that can be tricky too because um, it can increase the cook time for the total Right. Everything in the pan. So, you know, if you think about your time factors there and, you know, maybe think about putting your stuffing in a pan to cook as opposed to mm-hmm. inside the turkey, especially if you're really strapped for time or you're not right. really sure about um, how long it's going to take. So, mm-hmm. yeah, much better to just cook it separately, it's especially most of us don't have a giant oven and we only have one oven so we have right. to make room for everything else yeah if you cook the whole thanksgiving meal and it turns out even halfway successful you're a boss i mean that <laughs> is just so much to have to deal with and to do and cooking turkey is not easy yeah so. i would enlist the family and friends to bring the side dishes mm-hmm. if you're the host cook the turkey maybe do the gravy <laughs> ask everybody else to bring the side dishes. i was gonna say i think you hit that one on the nose from mm-hmm. personal experience <laughs> yep now with the with savoring leftovers so we all know that having leftovers is sometimes as traditional as the meal itself definitely is for me Mm -hmm. best part is that turkey sandwich the next day yes (laughs) or that night for dinner um but with your leftovers you always want to make sure you reheat the leftovers again to an internal temperature of 165 degrees fahrenheit this also includes liquids like leftover gravy you want to heat the leftover gravy or any other liquid sauces to a rolling boil on the stove before you serve it a second time and you want to make sure when you uh, eat the leftovers that you eat them within three to four days and one more little note about leftovers many of us think that it's necessary to wait until the food cools completely before you put it in the refrigerator so after the meal everybody's eaten out of the container there's leftovers you don't have to wait for that to completely cool to ensure the safety of your freshly cooked foods or your leftovers place them promptly in the refrigerator in a shallow container. Um, So like a a 9 by 13 baking pan, uh, something shallow like that. When you use those containers, it'll allow the food to cool more quickly and more evenly, and you can put it in the refrigerator. Now, one more 
thing I definitely want to touch on is the clock. So one of the biggest things with food safety is making sure that our food doesn't sit outside of the temperature danger zone for uh, a long time. So many holiday meals are served buffet or potluck style. So you want to make sure you look at the clock. So look at whatever time you put that holiday spread out and set your clock for two hours. After two hours, harmful bacteria can multiply and it puts you and your guests at risk of food poisoning. So keep your smorgasbord safe by promptly refrigerating your foods below 40 degrees within two hours. One helpful tip uh, is if you consider keeping a fresh set of food in the fridge and you can swap it out at the two hour mark. So just put half, half of one dish out or if you have an appetizer tray, just do smaller dishes and keep one in the refrigerator and you can swap it out. Cool. I will definitely be doing that because we always make so much food. I mean, we always have so many dishes that we're like, oh, well, we've got another dish of of sweet potatoes over here. And it's like, but we haven't finished the first one yet. Yeah. And people are coming and going and the the doors open for hours and the food's out. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely watch Temperature changes, bugs come in, you know. Yeah. And that's the same. So, too, if maybe you're not the host, if you are bringing a dish to a to a potluck or to a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, you want to keep hot foods hot, keep cold foods cold. Um, so pay close attention to how much time your prepared dish will be out of the refrigerator or oven. The same two-hour rule applies, If you're, especially if you're going to be traveling longer than two hours. You definitely want to make sure uh, you have either a cooler. Um, cold dishes can be kept under 40 degrees uh, in a cooler while you're traveling. And then hot dishes can be transported in an insulated bag that is intended to keep the foods hot. Or if you don't have an insulated bag, just cover your dish with foil and uh, wrap it in some insulated towels to keep it warm while you're traveling. Okay. Yeah, even a cardboard box with towels. Mm -hmm. And you you can make a pretty good insulator if you don't have one, you know, like ready-made. So Mm -hmm. Just to keep the heat in on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. And keep it separate from any cold stuff you're traveling with so that the temperatures don't cross each other and the cold stuff gets hot and the hot stuff gets mm-hmm. cool and that danger zone starts you know starts happening so mm-hmm. yes and anybody that's ever worked in fast food you get trained on your temperature danger zones uh because you can get really sick you can get really <laughs> sick from that if you don't watch it so yeah, yeah good tips mm-hmm. yeah so so one question that this is actually something one of my little soap boxes but a lot of people ask about is how to wash their turkey no. You have, to, you have to wash it? No. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. That's the trick so part of the question. Okay. Yeah, all right. That, yeah, that is definitely a controversial topic. <laughs> it sh- there's no controversy. Do not, do mm-hmm. not wash your turkey. Um, they, we, when you put raw meat in the sink and you wash it, you're just washing all of the bacteria from that chicken onto your sink and then anything else you put in that sink is going to have that bacteria and it's going to splash all over the place and and here's the thing the the germs that you think you're washing off are going to be killed when you cook the turkey Mm -hmm. i mean that's the whole point of cooking it so (laughs) so the washing part really does way more harm and it does no good so and that's Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that somebody's grandmother taught them and that's a habit they've gotten into and you know i just see it the world does it I had, I had my mom used to secretly wash the turkey before I came home because oh. she knew what, what you know my opinion or my actual not opinion it's pretty pretty, pretty factual but, <laughs> but she did she had a hard time believing it so oh yeah 
know, people yeah. don't like to change, you know. So I came home one one holiday and somebody, she had washed the turkey and put it back in the fridge and <laughs> it just dripped oh. turkey water all, everything in the fridge oh. was contaminated. Mm. So just, just don't. <laughs> and while we're while we're on the topic of turkeys, I just want to go ahead and bring this up: the frozen turkey situation with the air with the fryers. Uh, when people have an actual oil deep fryer outside and they go to 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 put their turkey down in there, shouldn't be frozen, right? That is an actual safety thing. Like yes, that that can yes that temperature change for that water can cause um, kind of an explosion. So, mm-hmm. And if you've ever checked it out online, there's uh, I'm not saying do this, but there's Don't. plenty of videos where they drop the frozen turkey in that deep fryer and it explodes and, <laughs> and that huge. comes back to the importance of timely thawing and appropriately thawing your food because mm. the, you know the reason you put it in the fridge and you just kind of let it hang out there for a week is it, it it more evenly thaws the meat so you don't have the outside getting warm and generating more bacterial growth while the inside is still frozen and has a lot of ice in there um, which is one of those things that when you leave it at room temperature is, is almost certain to happen so mm. um, so remember Thursday Put your turkey in the fridge. If you buy one this weekend, don't even put it in the freezer if it's frozen. Just, or even if it's not, just keep it in the fridge. Yeah, give yourself a week. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've been talking a lot about the temperature danger zone, but I don't think I actually said what the temperature danger zone is. Um, for those of you who don't know, the temperature danger zone is anything between 40 and 140 degrees. So that's why when we're saying keep your cold foods below 40 degrees uh, and your hot foods uh, above 140 degrees, even for your holding temperatures, they always need to be hotter. And that's why it's important to reheat your leftovers to 165 degrees to make sure you kill any other bacteria that's grown on there. So- now, Marie, I know you have kids. Do oh, your yes. kids take the cookie rookie pledge? Do they eat the cookie dough, raw cookie dough? Oh, only if I'm not looking, and I don't know because I, I don't. Yeah. They ask, and I tell them no. Because so, it has raw egg, right? So, but, but I see people online, especially these weight builders and stuff. They're sitting there just cracking eggs and drinking it like it's you know like it's orange juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't. Drink those eggs, raw eggs, at your own risk. They can yeah. still yeah. contain harmful bacteria. Salmonella. Yeah. It, it only takes one egg for you to get sick. Um, but no, you, you shouldn't eat any, um, especially dough that has raw egg in it. Um, even eggless cookie dough that's made with flour can still be potential for uh, oh. contamination, especially if you're if you have any members of your family that are at high risk, um, such as uh, pregnant women, um, older adults, uh, anyone that has uh, a weakened immune system, mm. health conditions, you definitely want to make sure uh, right. that you handle food correctly. And definitely wash your hands because, I mean, we, we still have to deal with COVID. Uh, everybody's, you know, the flu is going yeah. around, colds, all kinds of stuff. So I mean, hand washing is good all the time and yeah. you can almost almost never do it too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get get very uh, comfortable with the fist bump, especially with family members. Everybody wants to hug and kiss. Uh-huh. Just be like, hey, Uncle Larry, fist bump. Yeah, there we go. All right, I'm going to go wash the front of my hand. Yeah. You do that instead of saying, I don't know where you've been. Is that right. what it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, Larry, I just saw you sneeze into your hand, and now you're coming over. Yeah, but anyway, um, what other safety tips uh, do you have for us? We've got probably about three minutes left. We want to get to all those. If if you have any questions last minute, you want to text in, text me, 437-1620, and we'll try to get it answered before we leave today. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So only a couple of things. So one of the things that, again, most of us don't think about are our kitchen utensils. So you want to use different utensils for different tasks. 
So if you're mixing up mashed potatoes, you have one spatula. Um, but if you need to taste those mashed potatoes, use a separate fork. Um, so use separate utensils uh, to taste, to stir, and serve food. Okay, you don't want to taste your mashed potatoes and then put the same one in there to stir it or serve it because <laughs> you're just putting your nasty bacteria. Like double dipping, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Double no. dipping. No yep. double dipping. <laughs> no double dipping. <laughs> don't be the one caught at your family gathering double dipping. Um, let's see. I'm giggling. <laughs> um, mold. So this, this is not as common, but if any of you do uh, happen to come across mold, you want to know how to handle it. Um, discovering that your ingredients have gone bad is disappointing, um, but you don't want to put your guests at risk by serving that food and making them ill. So there are a few things like firm fruits, uh, vegetables, and hard cheese. You can still use these if you remove the mold at least an inch around the moldy spot. Uh, So if you can't get a whole inch of the spot and there's multiple moldy spots, throw it out. But if there's just one little small spot and you can remove about an inch, it's okay to use. Uh, Soft fruits, vegetables, cheeses, casseroles, and any food with a high moisture content. Yeah, bread, jam, yogurt, throw it out. Uh, When in doubt, throw it out. If if it looks weird, smells weird, uh, tastes weird, throw it out. (laughs) You're just not sure how long it's been in the fridge? Throw it out. Yep, there's something growing on the top and there's a mutiny. Definitely, uh, (laughs) it's time to get rid of that bad boy. Yeah. All right. We've got a couple minutes left. Uh, any questions uh, for these for these two? Go ahead and text us 437-1620. We'll try to get it answered before we get out of here. I'll take a minute to plug one of my favorite um, resources at this time of year. That's the Eat Smart, Move More, Way Less Holiday Challenge. It oh. started yesterday, November 13th. You can Google um, Eat Smart, Move More, Way Less or Holiday Challenge. It is a, um, a product of the University of North Carolina and North Carolina Public Health, but it's a really great resource on just tips for trying to not gain weight that's the whole point is just not losing weight just don't gain weight and little tips on how to be active um, some healthy recipes uh, recipes you can take to holiday parties that are you know thematic mm-hmm. for, for the holidays um, and uh, send you a newsletter like every week on just the tips for the week so it's great okay.